Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Our guest today is Ken Elliott. He's a brilliant artist and the author of Manifesting 123, a book that goes beyond the current knowledge of manifesting. Ken offers a fresh perspective on how thought works and the role it plays in the non-physical world before appearing in your physical world. His method is simple and one that does not require any special skill or ability. Ken is here to share his visionary process that he and countless others have successfully been using in the realm of manifesting. And Carol, I know you are a big fan of Ken's work. Oh, I am, Claire. My daughter and I love his book and his blogs and everything. We're so happy you joined us today, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we have a lot to cover today because you're the guru on manifesting and on how your mind creates your reality. And I know that there's a lot of universal laws surrounding this. So that's we want to get into how it works and why uh, we should give it a try and improve our lives. So on your website, it says, I was fortunate. I recently learned that thought creates and does so immediately. And in this book, I'll relate how thoughts began to form up in the non-physical world and how you can bring them into your life simply and efficiently. So let's start with how you discovered this amazing information. Well, I have a wonderful friend, uh, one of my closest male friends in the world, William Buhlman. And he's the foremost author in the West, anyway, on out-of-body travel. Uh, that's B-U-H-L-M-A-N, William Buhlman. And we were just chatting along one day. And, and being around William is like talking to Magellan or talking to Columbus. If you can imagine someone who's on the other side uh, you know, a, a number of times a month, then they can go wherever they want to go. And they go into different dimensions and different realms, and they see different life forms and they see biblical figures and evil things and wonderful things and you know, all that stuff that people uh, think is heaven. But it's a lot more than that. It's different realms, different dimensions. So it's a lot of territory. Right. Uh, so he's an amazing guy to talk to when you get him going. And, and he just threw out this thing. He was a guy that makes wish lists and um, guys don't make lists. Come on. <laughs> um, we go to the grocery store and we come back with the things that are important to us and we forget everything else, right? We don't make a list. But uh, William is a list-making pro. And he would make these lists and everything on the list would come true. And he would tell me what they were in advance and he was starting off to make a second list. And uh, we were going into that. One of these things, by the way, is that he wanted to live in China for a time, not visit. He wanted to live in China for a couple of years. And I thought that was just pretty crazy. Uh, within wow. six weeks, his wife, wife came back with an offer from uh, General Motors where she worked 
and they ended up living in China for four years. How wonderful! That's an that, yeah, put that. I on bet he learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he didn't learn what kind of food he was eating, what kind of air he was breathing a lot of the time. So he was he was happy to be back after a time. But yes, he did learn a lot. Um, but he had this side thing. He said, he said, well, yeah, sometimes I'm on the other side, the astral realm, the non-physical world. And he said, sometimes I see these items in my wish list in various stages of formation. I said, what are you talking about? You know, I, you know, we get around, we listen to radio shows. We, we have friends, other authors. We have libraries of metaphysical material and odds and ends things we pick up. Uh, what are you talking about you, in various stages of formation? He said, well, if I had been had something on my list like uh, a new roof for the house uh, that's on my wish list, I can see this wisp of smoke, uh, this this vapor start to form, and I have a knowing over there, and I can look at that vapor and know that that is the beginning of my intention for a new roof starting to take form over there. If I have been on something for a couple of months, whatever length of time it is, and this is just – he's just looking at that wish list once a day, touching it, uh, puts it up on the mirror, whatever he does with it. It's not a big deal. But if he's had something on the wish list for a much longer period of time, uh, we'll say that that item, whatever that is, maybe it's a new van, it's starting to take pretty solid-looking form. It has a clear shape. It's gone from a vapor into something that's more discernible and given more time and more intention, which is nothing more than just really looking at it and thinking about it every day. Then it becomes pretty 3D and full color, and William knows that somehow or another he's going to get that van. It's going to come into his life. Now, maybe he doesn't have the money in the bank, but that van's coming in. It may be a gift. It may be some steal of a deal. I don't know. I don't know, uh, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and he can watch it take form. Um, over a period of time, the more effort he puts into this, not we use the word effort, just by looking at that wish list once a day, that thing starts to build. And I was, and I'll use the word stupid for me, I was too stupid at the time to understand that William just gave me a key to the universe. Right. What he said is, we do a lot of uh, prayer and wishing and hoping and positive statements and petitioning and wish list and vision boards and all this stuff. And that's all well and good. But here's the analogy. There's a light switch over there on your wall. We don't petition the light switch. We don't pray to the lightning God <laughs> or put yellow sticky notes all around that thing and totems uh, to improve our chances that we touch that switch, the lights will come on. We know it is hardwired to the power plant. Right. Now, we don't know everything about electricity. We don't need to. We just hit the switch. It's hardwired. If it doesn't work, a light is out or the wiring is wrong. It's just that simple. Yes. It's, that's just the way it works. So what William told me was this is how thought works. And it, it is a matter of having a thought, a, a clear thought, and repetition. It's as simple as that. Now, there's a little more to it. But if you have a thought and you repeat it, it will take form over there. And I have four friends in this world who can watch that happen. 
Three of them can see it happen in real time. William Buhlman goes out of body to watch it happen. And if wow. he said uh, of himself, he said, you know, I, I can put something on the list and put a little effort into it. And when I go to the other side, I, I may end up in this place where I can see all these things in my list in various stations of formation. He said, can I be stupid not to do this? That's how it works. Yes. Well, I, I was too stupid to, you, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just, I was too stupid to get that I was stupid. Um, so what did I do with it? I, I called Judy Goodman, uh, another uh-huh. highly gifted friend of mine, who can see thought take form. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but, but she has all manner of things that she could do. And we're way, 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 way past the norm of uh, uh, gifted people when I'm talking about Judy Goodman. She has uh, sent objects to me from 2,100 miles away and stuck them in a book I had set down for the night, opened it up. Her bookmark was in it. Um, she can be in your dreams. Uh, she's, you know, completely psychic. And, you know, when she's with you or not with you, she can get all your information, all kind of thing. So I called Judy so she can see the other side full time, all the time. And when she's not awake, she's on the other side. So she is in touch with the other side, the non-physical world 24 seven. Well, there's someone that has a little bit of information, somebody I rely on for things from time to time. And I said, I just got off the phone with William Buhlman. She knows William. And he said that he puts things on his wish list. And when he's on the other side, he goes to this place. Uh, occasionally he ends up there. And he can see everything on his wish list in various stages of formation, from a wisp of smoke to a hazy shape to a full 3D, full-color object. Said, Is that true? She said, yeah, yeah. That's what thought. That's how it works. And I said, well, why wow. didn't you tell me? She said, you, you never asked me. So right there, we can just close the shop because <laughs> that is a key to the universe. And there are hundreds and hundreds of manifesting books. I support them all. But frankly, they don't know that the light switch is connected to the power plant. And that makes all the difference in the world. We're not talking about hoping and wishing here. We're going to – you're going to get some very simple, very simple things on – uh, using your thought to build whatever it is you want to target. Now, by the way, thought is a a natural law. I wish I had a, a a white lab coat and a Harvard degree to throw around at you, but I don't. But it is a natural law. It's just like gravity, and we're all equally capable of managing gravity. You just hold something up and let it go, and the gravity pulls it to the ground. It's a natural law. And gravity does not judge what we're going to do with gravity. If we're shooting right. off a cannon at somebody or if we're just stacking laundry, gravity does not judge. And thoughts do not judge. This is very important. If you have repetitive so-called good thoughts, or repetitive so-called bad thoughts, your thoughts will merrily start taking form. That's what thought does. It just makes stuff. And off we go. So, Uh-oh. so. I've thrown down the gauntlet and stay tuned because at the end of this, you're going to understand that you've been making things all your lives. And sometimes the position you're in is a, is a result of, of your own making. We have destiny. We have what we're here to do, this and that. But a lot of our lives are, are really set up around what it is we've been thinking about over and over and over. And we create that part of our lives. So we create our future with our thoughts. Thoughts are that powerful. 
Yes, here's the bonus. You know, gravity just does gravity. Right. Your thoughts can make the future, not just now. You know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm manifesting a good parking place. <laughs> How about this? Let's manifest a future where a parking place is not a concern. Let's manifest a future where finances are not a concern. Yeah. Let's manifest a future where you are already, this has taken place, already successful in your career. And yes. finances, I didn't use the word money, finances are not a concern. And yes. You are well thought of and you are uh, well known and you are happy and balanced and joyful and fulfilled. And this thing about trying to get funding for a movie, that's just that's not a big part of your life anymore. You have already succeeded in that and, and funding for you is not a problem. And that is a script for your future. And here's how you magnify a thought. A thought is a target, a thought will build something if you repeat it over and over and over, and I have done this. And if you want to be more efficient about this, add one of the great powers in the universe, love or fear. So if you were thinking over and over and over, I can't get funding for this film, I can't pay my bills, I'm, I'm a failure, oh my God, what, the sky is falling, you have a repetitive thought, your thoughts are making that as efficiently as they can, but if you put fear behind that, it will make it even more efficiently, maybe even quicker. If you say, I'm in my – despite all the fears and all the problems you have right now, you sit down quietly. You don't have to meditate. I don't even use that word in the book. You could be in the car. You could be folding the laundry. You can be sitting quietly in a chair, and you, you say this. You build this every day. I'm in my future, and in my future, finances are not a concern for me. Finances for me are a valuable and powerful tool. And I'm very successful at everything I do, and I'm well thought of, and I'm fulfilled, and I'm happy, and, 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 and balanced. And then you say, I am so very grateful because you are imagining that you're in your future, and you don't see any of these things. You don't know how it happened. You don't know when it happened. You don't know the dollar amount. And by the way, there's money, and there's the equivalent of money. Mm-hmm. Equivalent of money. There's the equivalent of a new car. There's the equivalent of a wonderful house. There's all of that. There's equivalent of perfect health. You can have a very bad ankle, but it doesn't hurt as much anymore. That's the equivalent of good health. Um, so you you take that thought and you simply say, "I'm so very grateful," and give that a moment to go in, like as I like to say, cream into coffee, and say that every day and watch what happens. Mm. Great idea. Great idea. Oh, my goodness. So the the biggest question I have is, since our thoughts are that powerful, how do you monitor your thoughts so that you are creating the future you want and not inadvertently bringing something in you don't want? Well, you really can't because our minds are – you just can't put our minds on a leash that way. So, you know, you're driving along, you see a billboard, billboard, another billboard, another billboard. You don't have to worry about those things. That ring around the collar is, is, is uh, I'm dating myself. 
that's not going to be a problem because you're not thinking of that every day. It's the things that you worry about we need to take some kind of action on. That's the number two of manifesting one, two, three, and you don't need number three. But the first item is is to figure out what it is you want. I don't like to use the word want. If you've ever been to the other side and you you everything you say is a command on the other side, if you're standing there in this void and you say, I want an ice cream, there will be zero result because you've declared that you are wanting. If you just say ice cream now, you'll have an ice cream. Two scoops, I should say, a cone. Two scoops in a cone, and I'll have two scoops in a cone. It happens instantly because their thoughts happen immediately. In the physical realm, this is a little slower vibration. I don't want to get overly woo-woo here. But things are different here, and your thoughts uh, take form a little more slowly. So um, I, I watch what it is I say. I, I'm, I'm not much on, on saying things in a negative way. If I catch myself, I'm going to beat myself up on it. If I say, uh, yeah, I, I, sure, I sure do want a new car, I realize that's just like a nonsense statement. I will manifest that new car. Um, I'll manifest a perfect car, actually. And, and I won't specify, if I want a convertible, I won't specify a convertible. When I say perfect, it's understood that my perfect is a convertible. Right. Which tools around very nicely in L.A., but not too good here in Steamboat Springs today. Well, not when it's snowing. Uh, so, yeah, I do watch what I say, but I'm not overly crazy as uh, 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 a hardcore enforcer about that. But after a while, you get in the habit of that. You're less about the negative because, again, I've had uh, enough firsthand experience, and I have seen enough stories. And if you want to read the 300 stories on my website, www.manifesting123.com go to the story page there's over 300 stories there and uh, you might get some scripts off of that there's there's a television show in that website <laughs> and they're already doing some television shows about this oh so, wonder- uh, well I think they are I, I saw some kind of advertisement or something that sounded like it was on that theme but if there's not somebody ought to jump on that I'll be happy to pitch in but uh, it's there's just too much evidence that people are specifying um, certain things that are not the norm and it happens. And and Mm -hmm. let me go forward on that. You know, God bless the people who put out the secret because that touched tens of millions of people. And the secret is all about, um, you know, it will come to you. You know, that's their thing, that you're going to bring this thing to you. And it's been my experience that that's, that's a part of it. But mm-hmm. People have manifested, they have been manifesting happiness. And instead of waiting for the package to come in the front door or this certain thing to happen to bring them happiness, it didn't happen that way. They woke up happier. This, the law of attraction is a piece of this, but there's much more going on than simply the law of attraction. In other words, the package is delivered to you. People are working, waking up with less stress overnight, mm-hmm. and they wake up, and they know they have less stress. And they call me because they know this is so, and they know it's a permanent change. So less stress, happiness, um, uh, no more loneliness, 
so and I've experienced some of this myself. It's it's a shock to wake up in the morning and this thing hits you. You know it. It's, a, it's your first thought. Well, that was manifested. That wasn't a law of attraction. That happened internally. It, what an amazing gift that we have that our thoughts can make things. Let's, let's take full advantage. Exactly. How to take full advantage. Well, I, I, let me ask you this. See, I teach a class called Intentional Filmmaking, and the first thing we do is we set a goal over the four months, what it is we want to achieve. So I mm-hmm. find that getting my students to focus on only one thing is sometimes difficult, but I really feel that when you're first starting and um, to do this, you really are safer if you take one thing, set it up, and focus on that and, and have a to-do list to go along with it for the filmmakers. But, but you have to have the faith and the belief, at, like you're saying, and command mm-hmm. it to happen. Um, but right. so what do you think if you have one, you go after one item and bring that in, do you think that is better for novices or people just starting with this? I can argue that either way. Here's an example. You're 14 years old, and you want to manifest a Maserati. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny, huh? So if you're God Almighty, you just laughed at the 14-year-old kid that's going to manifest a Maserati. I don't think so. You're not ready. But mm-hmm. you'll get a poster. You'll get a toy. You'll get a model. You can paint it yourself if you like. But uh, you're driving around as a 14-year-old Maserati on Hollywood Boulevard is probably a no-go. Okay. So sometimes we, we will want to manifest that career or that relationship, or this thing or that thing, and we're not quite ready to have that come in at that level. Okay. We've seen people who were totally ill-prepared for success. Uh, We've we've seen people who have um, inherited a lot of money all at once and uh, even won the lottery, and their lives just went in the toilet. So there, there's something else to that as well. There's something else to that. So to have one target, uh, we'll make it a target that they're uh, well-suited for. That would be the only qualifier I have with that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I remember hearing uh, and reading in your book about uh, creating a movie in your mind. Now, yes. for, for the filmmakers, that's a great concept. And so sometimes I tell my filmmakers starting in this class that they're mm-hmm. they at night when they go to sleep to pretend they're in their favorite screening room and they're in control. They're in the cat seat and they say to the man upstairs, run my film. And uh, the theater is packed full of people. The lights go down, the screen comes up, and they start seeing the title, the director of photography, the production manager, all these people, and they start feeling the joy of success and achievement and happiness and all that until it ends and everyone is on their feet with the full applause and they have a hit film. Uh, so what can we what can we do with that? Anything that you can add to that? Well, in, when people are um, um, being regressed, sometimes they will be very uh, stressed at what they're seeing under hypnosis, 
and the the person that is guiding them will uh, often use the device where let's say you're not in this anymore you're in a theater and you're in a chair and you're safe and you're observing this on the screen so they are separated from what they're seeing and you're describing something if i get it right that's something very similar to that what I would recommend is uh, what another friend of mine started doing her own. She's very successful at manifesting. Um, number one real estate agent in her in, in her broad area, and she goes into a movie theater all by herself and sits down, and the curtains part and the screen lights up, and it is her movie. It, you know, it, there may or may not be. I think there is a title. Her movie starts. The title is there, and you know, there's whatever music, the 20th Century Fox, and there's fireworks, whatever. And then suddenly she is in the movie. She's no longer an observer. She's actually in every scene. And she goes to those scenes in her mind one after the other. So instead of being oh. an observer, she's actually in it. And mm-hmm. there's an emotional component there that's very, very, very important. That's that love and fear thing again. So if, you're, if you have to specify something, say it's a vacation, uh, you want to specify that it is Italy, then in your movie, you're at a certain place of, uh, where you're having your your morning coffee, and the people are there, and it's it- Italian sounds and Italian sights and this thing and that thing, and it's all Italy through that whole scene, and, and you sit there and having your coffee, you, you pretend you're there. That pretend is a thought it is taking form on the other side and you close it with, I'm so very grateful. Mm, that's and wonderful. But you're yes. in the scene. You're handling you're the, the scene. scene. You're sitting at walking in. Yeah. Very important. More powerful. All right. Yes. More powerful. Right. Okay. That sounds great. Well, let me ask you, what do you think are the most important parts of this technique for manifesting? Well, the first part is to have that repetitive thought and and to have a script. So I have a, a script, I have a number of things, and I go through them every day. If I miss them, I don't beat myself up with it. But uh, let's keep in mind that my friend Judy Goodman on occasion has called me and said that she's observed that something I was making was taking form. And... Sometimes it was good news, uh, usually, and on uh, one occasion I can think of, it was not good news because I had been creating something that was very negative for me, and I just didn't have the tools to stop it. This is way back when, before I knew how to handle this stuff better. So I created a very bad outcome. It it wasn't a lifetime problem, but um, it, um, it was something that couldn't be changed because it was going to happen in 24 hours. There's a lot of other things that I had manifested. One in particular was a business on the web uh, well before there were so many hackers, and I was manifesting that, and Judy called me one day, and she said, are you you still interested in that web business? And I said, no, I'm letting it go. It's going to cost too much money to protect it. She said, well, I'm watching it start to disappear. This thing was almost built. Oh, Um, my gosh. Are you sure you don't want it? And she, I said, no, let it go. Let it go back. It's, it's just going to take too much time and assets. Could I have manifested that it would be a perfect thing? 
Yes, but the idea itself wasn't as strong as other ideas that were coming on so quickly. So it's better just to let it go and not try to take my life in that direction. So it started to unmaterialize. It went back into smoke and into nothingness. Fascinating. That is just fascinating, isn't it? Wow. So there is magic all around us. You know, we'd like to believe in magic, but this sounds like that. It does. It does sound magical. But it is our gift from birth. It is our gift. And this, this, you know, this universe we live in has natural laws that surround us. And that is our gift, too. We don't have to lash our children down in their cribs at night because they don't float away. Um, you know, we're somewhat balanced so we can have life on this planet in an atmosphere. There's all these things in play that allow us to survive here. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if we take them for granted or not, but uh, we have been manifesting things since birth. And it, it, I don't know why uh, this hasn't been out there more. It was just not out there. Uh, so I'm the Johnny Appleseed of this. This is not my power. This is not my story. Uh, it, it's not even my discovery. It just came to me, and after two years of yakking about this, I finally sat down and wrote a book, and I had the entire book in hand after professional editing and book cover and all that kind of thing in seven weeks. Oh, come on. The, That's almost impossible. Yeah. yeah, and the first person who saw oh. it, was on a loading dock at, at the printer, and I said, I need to see the book and make sure it's okay. And he opened it up and said, oh, I'm going to listen to this stuff on the radio. And I said, well, the first book is yours, and I, I signed it off to him. And uh, when I came back, because we sold out that first round of you know, a few hundred books, I don't know, 200, 400 books, something, came back in about three or four weeks, and, and he had another job somewhere. He said, well, I, I need a better job. I've got a baby on the way, and I'm not making enough money here. And I said, well, just go to that chapter of the Rose and the Duck and read about that and don't look back. And uh, I never saw him again. <laughs> That's good news. Now tell tell us about the chapter you, that you told him to read. What's that? The Rose and the Duck. Let's see. How much time do we have here? Uh, we're doing good. There's another 25 minutes. Okay. All right. So I'll uh, I'll make the first one, the Rose, very short. Um a stranger had called me. I hadn't known Judy for very long. And she said, I hear you've been talking with Judy a lot. Do you know the sort of giftedness she has? And I said, well, yeah, she's psychic. She said, oh, no, no, more than that. She told me these things. And one of the things she said is, if you sent Judy something and thought, she would get it. And I go, huh? And she described that she sent a bouquet of flowers to Judy on the birthday the year before in, in thought. And that Judy saw that bouquet in spirit, knew it came from her, and described it. And it was a much exaggerated version of what this person had sent. So it was quite a successful little test. Well, Judy had uh, something coming up. She had a birthday coming up for the next day, as it turned out. And so I called her and said, well, I want to send you something, too. I heard about this. She said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to think about it really, really hard, and I'll send it to you. And she said this thing that had a subtlety attached to it. And I didn't get the subtlety thing. Uh, she said, well, you're going to send me a gift. And because it's a gift, I'm going to get it every time or whatever that means. So uh, the next day I got up before work and I thought, well, Judy said, don't spend a lot of time on it. You know, get an object. You don't have to be 
you know, an artist, uh, you know, have to have, have an attitude on this. So I thought, all right, I'm just going to, uh, what it will be, a yellow rose and a simple silver vase. And Judy said, just take two or three seconds to send it off. And so I did. And then I crammed on it, crammed it, crammed it, crammed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, went to work, crammed it and crammed it some more, <laughs> went, got off for lunch, came back, crammed it some more. And then I called Judy and said, okay, and I, I, I did this for years, many years. I don't know, three, five years more. I don't know. Many, many times. And I called her and always asked the same thing. Did you get the thing I sent? Uh-huh. She said, she said, yes. And I said, well, you got to tell me what it is. Now, she's 2,100 miles away. And I don't know how to do this stuff. I just sent her this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no Cary Grant at this. Uh, there's no, no script. There's no textbook. I just did what she told me to do as best I knew how. And didn't put a lot of time on it until I started to cram it. <laughs> so she said, was it your intention to send me a rose? And I, I got choked up. Because I... I'm used to seeing this on television, but I'm not used to seeing it happen with me. And, uh-huh. and I, 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 I could barely speak. I said, yeah. She says, well, your intention is to send me a yellow rose? And I, I was just nervous. I said, yeah. She said, well, that's not what I got. And I went, what? You, you, you led me down the, the road here, and you pulled the rug out. What are you talking about? She said, Look, what I'm seeing in spirit, she can clearly see this, is a rose that's been, and it's in some kind of vase, but it's been dipped in gold, and it's all aglow. It, she can't tell what color the rose is for the glow of it. Uh-huh. And uh, so she, she said, I had to play 1-800-PSYCHIC. I had to guess that it was a yellow <laughs> rose because I couldn't see it. <laughs> And uh, I said, wow, well, I, I, that's not what I sent you. Uh, you know, I just sent you a rose in a little, little vase, you know. She said, well, somebody knew you were going to do this and got in on your intention and embellished it. I said, what in the heck are you talking about? So, you know, we, we talked about this before, that, that thought is instantaneous. There's that quantum thing that people like to drop the name of, um, that it's instantaneous. And so how can, how can it be changed if it's instantaneous? She said, well, if some big guy did that. I said, what do you mean, big guy? Who, who, can, who can get something that's instantaneous and, and do that to it? And what she described was uh, this person got the rose, dipped it in gold, and sent it on its way. Or it did the equivalent of dipping in gold, sent it on its way. I said, well, who can stop an instantaneous thought? She said, some big guy. I said, what do you mean, big guy? She said, uh, JC, big guy. <laughs> and that's her word for, for Jesus. And I go, what? JC? I'm the one that said, JC, big guy? Are you kidding me? Well, I can't get my arms around that. Come on. I, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and by the way, if that's going on, then uh, somebody's been peeking at my windows, and that's very embarrassing, too. Um, there is a Santa Claus, maybe. I don't know. I'm on shaky ground now. I was feeling really kind of about this whole JC thing. You know, it's not like uh, uh, a lot of people are very happy with that. I'm, 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 I'm thinking, uh oh. <laughs> so so uh, I said, he could do that. She said, yeah, he do whatever he wants to do. So he just wanted to, to uh, embellish that and, and be a part of this. So that was my first time out of the box. And as I like to tell some people when I recommend the book, 
sometimes people will feel uncomfortable with that, and they'll say, well, that's not in the Bible. And I'll say, well, go to that chapter, the rose and the duck, and read about the rose, and, and maybe I got the good housekeeping seal of approval on this. So you, you decide. Oh, so the next time, wonderful. the, the yes. great demo for me, and there have been many, but this is what I put in the book, a profound demo, was uh, after I've been doing this three years or so, two and a half, I don't know, yeah, probably two and a half to three years, I had been playing with this. Remember, William is very seriously using this for the tool that it is. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't occurred to me this is the key to the universe. I'm just being a pumpkin head. So I had this really intelligent thought, at least a really bright thought for a pumpkin head. And I called Judy up and I said, are you busy? She said, no, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? I said, well, I want to send you something and thought again. She goes, oh, yeah, fine, you know. You know, she's sitting back very patiently waiting for me to write this book. But she can't tell me to write the book. I've got to figure this out on my own. So I just keep playing these little stupid games with her, and she's patient enough to play along. And I said, well, I have this this great idea. She said, just one. And I said, well, yeah. Um, So I want to send you something in real time. I want to send you an object, and you stay on the phone with me, okay? She said, okay. So what are you going to do? And so the second time she'd ever asked me that, I said, well, I'm going to think about it really, really hard and send it to you. And that's what I've been doing all along. All these things I would send her off and on, uh, I would just think about them really, really hard. Remember that thing way back when she said, well, it's coming from your heart. It's a gift. I'll get it every time. Mm-hmm. What she was talking about was gratitude, and I didn't understand what she was talking about. I was putting ah. love behind the gift. It was that mm-hmm. simple. But I was pretty good at cramming and jamming. I had a 100% success rate. So now I'm going to do something in real time. I don't know what it's going to be. And I said, well, have you got a chair in front of you? Are you in your study? She said, yeah. So there's an empty chair? She said, yeah. All right. I'm going to put something in that chair. She said, okay. I said, all right. Uh, of course, I'm not going to tell you what it is, and, and uh, I'll just start working on it. Well, the first thing I had to do is figure out what it was. And being an artist, it's, um, I've got this sort of goofy left-handed, you know, way of looking at things. So I'm thinking uh, something that's, that's mine alone and not something that maybe the kids outside her house are fooling around with or something. It's, it's my thing. So, oh, yeah, Daffy Duck out of the blue, Daffy Duck, a five-foot-tall Daffy Duck sitting in that chair. <laughs> and he's going to have a, a vertical stick in his hand, like a ruler, but not a ruler, yeah. just a vertical stick right. with no markings. And then a horizontal board at the top, cross braced board at the top, and written in red lipstick, it says love. So we got a Daffy oh. Duck with a handmade sign that said love on it. Oh my and goodness. I go to work on it. And I'm cramming this thing. I'm cramming this thing. I can't perfectly visualize a Daffy Duck, but I'm doing pretty good. Uh, as good as a pumpkin head can do. And, and I'm working it, working it, working And it's amazing that after two minutes, I'm exhausted. I, I'm just kind of a, a real noodle at this thing. I, I, re- I really don't have a skill set. I don't have any any knowledge. I'm just being a goof here. And I'm, I'm all out of juice. So I call you know, Judy's live on the phone, just sitting there quietly while I do my thing. I said, okay, uh, can you see the thing that I said? And she did, she's a dear friend, and she talked to me in a way that I haven't heard her talk to me before. She's like, give me a dressing down. And she said, are you trying to send me something? And I said, yeah, I'm working my fanny off on it. She said, well, you need to get on this, man, because you're just sending this wimpy little thing. And you need to get on this right now. 
<laughs> I just see a puff of smoke. Okay, now get on this thing. It, it, what's implied is you're wasting my time and and, and you're stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm getting, and and so it scared me. You know, I'm losing a friendship. I'm losing my yeah. mind. Uh, this whole thing is dumb, and I've been what? Yeah, you know, this is all just going right down the rabbit hole fast. But it gave me the juice to really try harder on this, and I did. And so I did another uh, two minutes, I think, another minute or something, and I really got on it. Uh, much more inspired or, or just afraid, really. I just I didn't want to fail. So I just pumped it up and pumped it up. And finally, I, I didn't have anything left. I didn't realize that using my mind could be so hard. Maybe I should use it a lot more. Anyway, um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. I, I don't know what else to do. So what do you, what do you see? She said, and she's calmed down now. That whole thing was an act on her part. She said, uh, no, let me think about this. I'm going to interrupt the story before I tell you what she saw. We're going to go back. She she said, you're just making smoke. Remember that? Uh-huh. I'm just, you're just making smoke in the chair. Now, I already knew about smoke years before with William Buhlman. Mm-hmm. It starts out like smoke. If she hadn't been so intimidating, I would have caught that. If it had been a lot calmer, and I said, oh, well, you know, I'm really good at the, yeah, I'm making smoke. You know what? I'll catch you tomorrow because, you know, I can do this uh, while I'm driving the car. Uh, eh, we don't need to waste any more time on this. I'm already getting an A, right? So I'm not going to really buckle down. I was already a success. It wasn't complete, but I was manifesting smoke where there was nothing. Now, this is all taking place in the spirit realm, outside the physical, but I'm having a fact outside the physical that you can see it in real time. So going back... So what did you see in the chair? She said, uh, are you trying to send me a cartoon character? Wow. Wow. That's, that's out of the box. And I said, yeah. She said, well, there's this skinny-legged cartoon-colored character in the chair. He's about two and a half feet tall. He's got skinny arms, skinny legs, and he's got a stick in his hand. Bingo. She couldn't tell it was a Daffy Duck, but she thought it was a cartoon character with a stick in his hand. That's pretty good for uh, three or four minutes. I think it was four minutes. Wow. That is 2,100 miles. Yeah. Unbelievable. So miles don't make a difference at all. No. No, it's instantaneous anywhere in the universe, anywhere in creation. That's an incredible story. And I have actually done some things that were outside the physical realm using uh, an object from 100 years ago and placing it into a construct that's not in the physical world, and it hit the mark. And, um, uh, and, and I was able to manifest something that's not even of this world and not even on a map in this world, and it hit the mark. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. Yeah. So if you can do that, you can get script funding. You know, yes. if, you, if, you're, and if you're drilling along for script funding, my thought was is, is to if, – if it's all about the script, fine, but why not, why not go bigger? You know, you're in your future, script, Schmidt, you know, you, yeah, you're, you're successful at this. It's not one at a time. You're successful at this. You know, these people are really – Spielberg, can you, yes. can you get a script into Spielberg? He's got scripts for five lifetimes. He makes yes. his own scripts for crying out loud. So uh, that's a guy that's not worried about scripts. 
is Bill Gates worried about uh, if he's got a, if he can get his hands on another fifty dollar bill today? I don't think so. He's not in right. a place where he's concerned about finances. So you can go large on that. Why not? Your, your thoughts will build that. It may build the equivalent of a career that's more fulfilling and more fun than being a scriptwriter. You might be on the other end of that where there's more money to be involved. You might be in production. You might be the producer. You might be, I don't know. You might not be in the business at all in, in a way that you would think. So with, with time running a little short, may I give you a, a, a quick story? Sure. Okay. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a very good analogy to what's going on with the people that are uh, in this realm that you're uh, broadcasting to. Uh, someone that uh, had a very demanding job as a management job. Uh, so a lot of balls in the air, a lot of stuff going on. Been there for 14 years, um, had a $10,000 raise in those 14 years, and wanted to get another $5,000, and that didn't come. And didn't want to get it uh, promoted because that other job was a uh, pretty rough job, a lot of income in, in, in it's uh, – uh, people with tempers and that kind of thing. She was in catbirds who just want to make more money. Well, that didn't happen. So she's very bright. She retooled her resume over and over and over and over and over and got on LinkedIn and this thing and that thing and did all of this stuff. And, and she has manifested a number of things that are in the newsletter on the website. So she has got, she has the good, she knows how to do this. And I think I have an analogy in the book where, you know, you get in your canoe and, and you, you have the uh, the rudder. You don't have to use the oars. You just get that rudder and try to point that canoe down into the flow down the middle of the river. Don't run off. Just stay on that flow. You know that's that's kind of like the manifesting thing. You're going mm-hmm. to go from here to there. You're pointing yourself up the river, but you really don't know exactly what's going to happen around the bend. But that is the river. That is the career. That is the life you want to have. Follow so far. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. We didn't we didn't specify cars or houses or, or uh, relationships or dogs and all that. This is the life you want to have in the easy peasy in the river, and uh, that was part of what she was doing. So she did important things. She made it. She was she made a target of what she wanted from a career. She didn't say what kind of job it was going to be. She wanted to have a fulfilling career that was. You know, financially good and it involved personal time and their family and all that sort of thing. So it was a well-balanced thing that was financially rewarding and and rewarding to the spirit. So she had all that stuff out there, da 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 She said, I'm in the canoe. I've done diligence, due diligence. She's pointing at it. She's doing due diligence. And she said, I've got to, I've got to build a good canoe. I've got good oars. I've got all this canoe gear, river gear. I've got all this stuff. I'm still not getting this job. What in the hell is going on? I'm working it, working it, working it. I'm still not getting satisfaction on this thing. And she didn't call me. She just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And she said, here's what I started doing. I can go back to my notes here. She said, I started throughout the day I'm manifesting all those things that I just told you about. But she's also saying, in my future, I have peace, joy, and $100,000. And she would say that all the time, all the time. And mm-hmm. she would go look at LinkedIn before she popped into LinkedIn and see what her resume was doing. Peace, joy, and $100,000. And nothing was forthcoming. On a flyer, she put a resume out after, I think it was three or four weeks of this, in a new platform. Got a call back. A guy uh, offered her a job. 
started her at 85. And wow. uh, no, started her at 80. Uh, a review, no, started her at 85. A review in six months, blah, 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 blah. She loves, love, 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 loves everything about that job. She can do it in her sleep. They love her. And uh, off she goes. She said, I'll be at 100K in a year. Oh, how wonderful. Amazing. And, and, I, and I said, in all those things you looked at, you've got a few offers. You ever see anything north of 45,000? She said, nope. It's all 35s, 40,000 maybes, and it never would go through. My goodness. He's joined $100,000. Okay. <laughs> this is wonderful. So she, she said, here's what I did. I went to the river and laid out a blanket. I had done my due diligence. My resumes were out there. I've done everything I could do. I used all the contacts I could, used all my intelligence, and I laid a blanket down on the side of the river, and I waited for the canoe to come to me. <laughs> and it did. Well, and it did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well she didn't done. Complicated. She didn't She didn't put too many specifications on there. And so she had unlimited access to possibilities and said what she thought was supposed to happen. Well done. Oh, my gosh, that's marvelous. Well, I, there's and a that, couple of things I want to cover before we close. And first is, uh, you know, you say you don't need three. What is yes. three? <laughs> Number three is that we're very, very, very powerful. We're very powerful. When you go into your movie, you yeah. don't have to pretend that you're Superboy, Superman, Supergirl. You just walk in as you. You don't have to have any other special qualifications. You don't have to be in a mindset. No, you just go into your movie and, and walk through the scene and be grateful in every scene. You, you don't need number three. You don't need anything other than yourself. You're, you're more than enough to make this happen. And everyone is equally in doubt. It's just having the faith to believe that we do have these abilities and start using them. It's that simple. No, no, it's no. like gravity. You don't have to believe in gravity to, to use it. You don't have to believe this to make it happen. You keep repeating thoughts; it will happen if you believe it or not. And, and that number two is terribly thoughts, important. Is that the other question you're going to ask? If you keep repeating thoughts for things that you want exactly the way you want them, right? But you have mm-hmm. a clear thought. And then number two is uh, you said uh, how to handle those fearful Fear. thoughts. Fear. Yeah, you have the so-called positive thought. That's the number one. That's the target. And put gratitude behind it. Repeat every day. If uh-huh. you miss a day or two, you don't worry about it. You'll fall asleep sometimes doing this stuff. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Number two is all about fear. Uh, I, can't, I can't get my bills paid. I can't do this. I'm going to. This is not going to work out. I don't know how this could possibly happen. This negative, that negative, this impossibility, that, you know, self-doubt, I'm not good enough, all those negative things. Um, that will nullify or create on a separate track a, a separate thought. Yes, you got the job. Way to go. Now you have a fearful thought, and your thought was they're going to find out about me. I'm going to get fired. Well, you get the job, and then, boom, you get fired. Congratulations, your thoughts made two perfect outcomes. One of them you didn't want. So on the fear, the trick there is to take action on those fears. Now, what the heck is that? If it is trying to get uh, some traction on that better job, or it's a screenplay. Um, you're trying to get that screenplay made, 
hate the word tried, you, you are getting that screenplay made, but you have all these self-doubts. You can't stop those self-doubts. You can't stop those negatives, but let's take action on those. Get up in the morning, make a list. Number one, um, I'm going to call a mentor. Number two, there may be some people that owe me money. I'm not going to ask them for that money. Oh, I hate doing that, but I'm going, to, I'm going to ask them to do that. Number three, I'm going to redouble my efforts to look out there in the trade magazines, wherever it might be, to try to find leads, pathways. Number four, I'm going to get out of the house more. I'm going to start going to more of these uh, get-togethers, meetups, parties, whatever it is, and, and, and get my hiney out the door and make some contacts. Now, you can't do all those things in one day, but there's your list. And at the end of the day or at the end of the week, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're working on those. You're taking action on those fears. And yes. at some point, you've done everything you can do. Now, just put your blanket on the side of the shore and wait for the canoe to come in, right? <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes. So it, it comes down like this. Number one, folk, you know, get that thought. Manifest that thing over and over. Put gratitude on it. Number two, due diligence. Don't be a lazy bum and just wait for something to happen. Due diligence. Number three, rest. And get up in the morning and do it all over again. Okay. My gosh, that is beautiful. Thank you for wrapping that up for us. Now, where can people find you and the book? What is your website? It's www.manifesting123.com. And the book's available as a paperback or you can get an audio book. Or you can download a um, ebook version, and I do uh, counseling sessions with people, and we, we do two hours, and we get you a script together. Counseling sessions? Oh my gosh, what a great idea! Oh, wonderful! And they can find all of that information on your website. Correct. And if they're on the computer, they can get up in the story page and and keyword search uh, stories there. I, I know that on the mobile, you can't see that search. Um, bar, but uh, on a, you can do that on your computer. There are a lot, a lot of stories to look at. Oh, and that's really important to know other people have done this successfully. Right. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. We just appreciate this guidance so very much. We uh, and your website, people should join it. My daughter is an avid believer in all you do, and she loves getting. Uh, the blogs and everything else that you give away so kindly to all of us. Okay. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Get on that newsletter and, and yeah. you'll see uh, uh, what my person did uh, to get that job that's coming out tomorrow. Oh, good. All right. I'll look forward to that. Thank you so much for you, your time and for your information. Oh, thank, you. thank you very, very much. It's an honor. Okay. Best yes, of luck it was to a you. pure joy. Yeah. Okay. It was a pure so, joy. Yes. Really? Okay. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'd no, love to have full that story. Guidance. <laughs> guidance and information, Ken. You're terrific. Thank you very much. Oh, oh it's such a pleasure. And, and Claire, let's, uh, let's catch up. Yes, we will very soon. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, thank you thank for thinking you. of me. Okay. And Carol, feel free to call <laughs> in any time. Just, just to chat. I'd love to. Thank you. All right. I appreciate that. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Be well, everyone.
Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.